This episode is sponsored by Pearson Instruments. Brad Pearson is a luthier and guitar tech based in South Vancouver in the Marpole neighborhood. He's also a bassist who plays in the jazz scene and is a big supporter of local music in general. Take your string instruments to Brad to get them sounding beautiful and feeling great. Brad is always quick to turn around repair jobs and will put in all the work your instrument needs. Go to pearsoninstruments.ca to learn more about Brad and what he does. That's pearsoninstruments.ca to learn more. Thanks to Brad for sponsoring the show. I feel like people miss seeing people perform and playing an instrument, being earnest and listening to lyrics that are like, oh yeah, like I feel that way, not just like boots and cats and boots and cats. You know, it's like people want to feel something. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson and today we're speaking with Janky Bungag. Janky is a Filipino-Canadian country artist inspired by the outlaw stylings of Waylon Jennings, Merle Haggard, and Johnny Cash. Initially conceived as a pandemic project, Janky has emerged as part of a burgeoning and exciting northern country or cowpunk scene in the Vancouver music ecosystem. Before we get to our chat with Janky, here is a track off of his upcoming debut record. This is Heartbreak Bound. We're not locking it down, we're just fooling around. Kiss me one more time, I'm heartbreak bound. I spine you walking down the line with a gal that's half your age. She kisses your hand and she takes you in. Oh girl, you love to sin. Now I sit at this bar Janky, awesome having you on the show for the first time too. I think also you had mentioned this is potentially like one of your first yeah. major interviews as well. It so, is, yeah. Yeah, exclusive. I hope I get the job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, who would be hiring you? Like other music fans? How I don't that know. that process works? I just need a job, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you can turn what you're doing into an into a career. job yeah you that's know, what we're all striving for that's, that's right the job that's right. interview that's the long this, job interview this is the job the long con job interview mm-hmm. <laughs> what have uh, you been listening to recently uh on my way over here i was listening i i kind of i this is a sin but i had apple music for a long time and i finally switched over to spotify and i was just making my playlist of like a range of country songs so it was, it's like from like 50s all the way to like new stuff to like bluegrass and i was listening to uh, billy strings and he's just an incredible flat picker he's like a like the most talented flat picker on earth i think and uh that inspires me where i you know those little licks that's where i get most of my inspiration i think is from bluegrass and nice. billy strings and tony rice yeah some of the, especially with the uh, banjo for bluegrass like yeah this guy's just shred. i know and I, I just started playing the banjo too myself, nice and i'm trying to do the finger rolls i can get it but i'm not very fancy i can just get the bare basics i know randomly this is just a stray fact that just gets lodged in my head like steve martin of all people is a crazy I, banjo he is, player. Yeah, yeah that's right that's uh and also um who's ed helms is a great banjo player too from, oh yeah Makes yeah. a little bit more sense considering yeah. Ed Helms' background, but yeah. yeah. It's it's great, yeah. What music did you grow up listening to, and where does your love of country come from? Well, Diving right into it. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I actually started out, um, my dad growing up would p- play a lot of CCR and Ailman Brothers and um, Leonard Skinner. That's like really Southern rock. Mm-hmm. He's a very rock and roll kind of guy. Um and then I kind of strayed away and then I started when I got into my teens, I actually got really into like Green Day and, and uh, like punk rock. 
Um, it all comes back to Green Day. It Since sure does. So many people I've talked to, yeah, um, where it's like just Green Day. Like yeah. for myself, it was Green Day. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so green, it was Green Day, and then after high school, I I got, I got into jazz. I got into the jazz program at Cap, and I also simultaneously really got into the blues, like Albert King and and BB uh, King, all those blues, incredible blues players. And I just wanted to shred like Stevie Ray Vaughan and play like you know, really like heart-wrenching like licks um but i didn't actually get into country till about like four years ago and i was staying at my friend's farm and she just had a pickup truck and we were driving around and all she had were these three cassettes it was like david allen co waylon jennings and merle haggard and i was like she's like i'm gonna play some country and i'm like what the fuck i don't want to hear some jrfm like crap and then I had sex with yeah, my pickup truck had sex with my sister <laughs> <laughs> and then so she, so she started playing it and I was like this is insane it is so like the topics were so great and the licks were similar to blues but like there's like this chicken picking thing going on it really opened my mind so much uh, and that I think was the start and then I also was going to the Anza Club uh, a lot and there was a bluegrass jam every Monday and I remember going there for the first time at the bluegrass jam didn't play guitar at the time a lot and these guys were just playing these great licks and these great songs and that I think those two simultaneously were pushing me towards country music and uh, and that's where I found my love but it was blues before that I think in my adult life a lot of crossover as well thinking there is. about yeah I'm not uh, an expert when it comes to uh, American music history but um mm-hmm country and blues kind of developing at the same time exactly they're, they're kind of like two sides of the coin i kind of feel like especially you know? well lyrically they're almost in some with some of the older stuff mm-hmm. there's they're almost identical i mean the root of it is all folk music yeah right so exactly. that, that's, like that's, appalachian that's appalachian stuff. exactly so yeah i think that was that was the moment for me those two moments and almost yeah almost like a, a perfect setting on a farm yeah a truck <laughs> it was great beautiful farm too yeah it was great uh yeah who are the key artists in your life that helped shape your approach uh, to your music? To my music? That's a great question. You know, it was uh, really, it doesn't translate to how our stuff sounds, uh, but I like to listen to a lot of uh, Waylon and uh, Ernest Tubbs too was a big, just like the drinking songs really had me where, you know, Ernest Tubbs writes a lot about like uh, drinking songs and being sad at the bar and stuff and you know, at the time I was going through some stuff and I was like, dude, this is like somehow it's just finding it right here in the heart. So those two guys, when I, it was during COVID when I started writing, truly writing uh, songs, those were the two guys I was like really into. Not to trivialize it, but there's a lot of, a lot of uh, sadness and despair that you could pull from during the worst of the quarantine and the pandemic. So yeah, yeah. I, but you know, it's funny. No bar to talk about though, because you couldn't go to bars. I know. I that my first song I wrote, I wrote about the Anza Club because I missed it so much. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it kind of sounds like a little bit of a of an Ernest Tubbs song, but uh, no one no one has ever said anything to me yet. So <laughs> yeah, well, and if, uh, just speaking for myself, Ernest Tubbs. That's like I've heard of Waylon Jennings, of course, and mm-hmm. Merle Haggard, but Ernest is a guy I I should check out. Yeah, he's like sixties. It's uh. It's like a line. It's around the same time when Johnny Cash was getting really. Ah, really oh, there popular. you go. And rock and roll's also starting to. Yeah. So this, it's like people think it's like all different eras, but it's all happening at the same time. Simultaneously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and you see that throughout like all of music all of history. Music. Yeah, it's yeah. like things just nothing happens in a vacuum. It all crosses over. It all, all kind of melts together and like mm-hmm. influences Everything. one another. Exactly. Yeah. Um. 
I think speaking for myself, I've, I've kind of realized, and we'll get into this a, a little bit, but like, um, you know, all those old, the uh, like 50s, 60s, the singer songwriter, like outlaw country types, those guys mm-hmm. are awesome. Oh, yeah. I think where a lot of like country gets a, a bad rap, and again, we'll get into this, is has to do more with the pop country, pick, yeah. Ford pickup truck, sort yeah. of like schlocky <laughs> stuff. I know. But yeah. one thing I noticed looking back through your Instagram uh, is that. You know, you're really into skateboarding, and yeah. uh, I saw you you were sharing videos of you and your friends heading up parks in Vancouver and Mexico and even Greece. How did you wind up transitioning from skateboarding to country music? So, like we were talking about simul- things happening simultaneously. Um, before COVID, I was filming skateboarding. I hadn't. I would play guitar here and there. I had one at the, around the house, but I wouldn't really take it seriously. But uh, I would go out and film these skateboard videos. Like, you know, I got, I'd get hired by companies and, and we'd go out and film. And, and I had a plan before COVID to go, like, this was the year I was going to like go travel and do this job, like a job. I was going to make filming skateboarding a job. And I was getting paid here and there from other companies. Like, I'm really going to take this seriously. Uh, and it, I mean, I've been skating my whole life. I still skate here and there, but, uh, yeah, but then COVID hit and I couldn't go travel, obviously. And I couldn't really, you weren't allowed to go outside and skateboard with your friends. And that's what it was all about for me. It was like hanging out with my friends. So and that's kind of what also pushed me towards writing music because I just couldn't do anything, you know? So yeah, but that's filming skateboarding was uh, the, the first very uh, true, um, I guess, career path I wanted to do was really try to pursue filming. And now... It's just fucking gone. I don't even have a camera anymore. But yeah. Funny how that works is that, I mean, it, well, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would have pursued music if the pandemic didn't happen and you would, wow. Probably right, not. Well, I don't go. think so. I don't think so. So in a way, yeah. I mean, obviously not not planned or wasn't a fun set of circumstances, but like made it made made fun of made fun out of it you know yeah well yeah. it's it's almost like the pandemic like yeah. helped give birth to <laughs> Something this new, new avenue for you yeah i mean uh i've you know like i said i went to like jazz school and i was in the jazz band all in high school and my dad bought my brother and i guitars and stuff and drums but uh it always was like a secondary thing skateboarding was always like number one through like high school and most of my adult uh life and then when COVID hit, I was like, this is the ch- my chance. I think I should pick it up and really give it another like hard shot. Cause after I, I dropped out of jazz school at Cap U and, and, uh, I was just, it just ruined music for me. Like, at, cause I, I'm all, I learned by ear. And when I went into the school, it was like a, a shock to me where people were like so academic with it. And, uh, <clears throat> nerdy is the best way I could put it. No, no knock to them. They're the most talented people I've ever met. But, uh, I just could, I was like, this, I don't belong here. And, uh, and it, re- and then I just stopped playing music for a long time. Then pandemic was like, here we go. I'm diving in, giving it one more chance. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking some bass lessons right now and I'm trying to figure out the best way to get the most out of it for me. That isn't too academic. Cause I just want to be able to just have some better foundations, like be able to more mm-hmm. easily songwrite and, and jam with people. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I need to know how to sight read, especially in rock. So no, yeah, no, yeah. It, it's I feel like it's got to be fun. The baseline of playing music, I think, me personally, is that it needs to be fun. If you're not having fun learning and like even taking lessons, don't fucking do it. Learn it your own way. I think. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, performance videos that you've shared really capture the melancholic mood of your lyrics and the vintage feel of your persona, as it mm-hmm. were. 
what is your favorite video that you've put out to date? Yeah, I think my favorite one is the one uh, where I, we're up on the Wise Hall stage and uh, I have my dear friend of mine, Ella, playing. Uh, we have, we did a bluegrass set with her and she's playing the mandolin. And it's very short. I wish we had a longer video. I've been trying to get somebody to come out and film a whole set for us. But uh, that one was my favorite because uh, bluegrass, I think, has is growing uh in my love for music and it's i feel like it's one of those things where it's just growing and it's allowing my music to be more diverse than most country stuff out here um but yeah that's my favorite video because it just it's everybody's smiling we're all having fun and yeah it look you can tell people are having a good time and that's my favorite video i, I like that bit of uh, b-roll where i think she's uh trying to chase the the geese out of the park Oh no, that's Kalia. Oh, that, Kalia. That, okay, me and Kalia. No, the the that's a great video too. Actually, I really like that one. That's probably second. Kalia is a very she. She's no longer in the band anymore. But mm. uh, yeah, she, her, and I. When I first started, she really added. Uh, you know, she had she has a great voice, and she played the claw hammer banjo. And I think my sound when we first started was very folky. And then when we got electric and I got a, an electric bass and I got a lap steel player, that's when it really started to, I think, pick up in the, in the uh, energy. Sounded more like a 70s country thing. Yeah. For sure. One thing I wanted to kind of circle back on when it comes to the, the skateboarding thing is, you know, rock and specifically punk music share a very close bond with skateboarding. Mm -hmm. I wonder if uh, there might be an untapped market for you as a skateboarding country artist. There is. There is. I mean, it's, it's growing now. Um, you know, everybody knows Orville Peck and uh, this guy who rides for uh, Zero Skateboards, Dane Berman, used an Orville Peck song for his video part. And it's like, it's so, when you watch it, it's just, uh, it adds a little bit more emotion to it somehow. You know, like, if you know Zero Skateboard videos, there's bailing and there's swearing and it's like very intense. And usually it's like a punk rock song or like yeah. a really fast shredding song. But this was like a slow, like really slow melancholic song and and the lyrics are like cross my heart and i hope to die oh yeah it's one of orville's biggest songs yeah and it's uh and in a skateboard video and you you know the slam happens right when he says die and you're like oh, <laughs> woo. oh i gotta check that out yeah, dude, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. that song specifically especially because in the latter half like you know um orville like really like opens up and he like you know goes like shoots for the the sky, the sky. Like, yeah the stars the of stars. those vocals so it's just like you're thinking like someone just like absolutely eating it with the <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know dude part. it is insane that's, that's a, awesome that's a, that's a great i'm great actually video. rocking my horrible peck shirt right now yeah i, I was lining yeah. up actually i was really <laughs> jealous i was like fuck did you go to the show uh well i i didn't see him last summer but i saw him pre pre-covid so at the wise hall um no at um at commodore at oh, the commodore yeah i saw him when he was when pony first came out uh and he was at the wise hall and he had my buddy ian badger play full band and i didn't even know ian at the time he's a good buddy of mine now and this was before i even liked country music and i was and this was right before we went up to this girl's farm so this is uh, like another like little nugget before i found it but uh i saw orville peck and i was just like holy shit this is the coolest guy i've ever met I've ever fucking met in my entire life. He's so dope. Yeah, uh, yeah. or in terms of like the, I guess, contemporary alternative country, quote unquote, if I can call it that. Yeah, um, yeah Orville's just, my God, his uh, yeah. his image, like his whole image is just, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't, uh, you, you, you can't really copy that. It's like very original. 
And, and it's one yeah. of those things where like uh, it's so perfect. They're like, how did no one ever try this before? I know. Yeah. I know. He's from Vancouver too. He is. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of theories as to his actual identity. I know who he is. Yeah. I won't say it though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I have an idea who he is, but I don't know yeah. him personally. So He's got a brother. Oh, well. Yeah. A lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. That's all that's all I can say. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Oh, and we touched on this a little bit, but uh country for some music fans gets a, a bad rep for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Why do you think country can be misunderstood and what do you think you bring uh that stands out as an artist within the genre? Yeah. Um I think it's misunderstood because, you know, like like any genre, there's subgenres and it just so happens that in country pop country is the subgenre is the biggest one yeah uh but i think it's it's changing a little bit it's almost like another folk revolution i find uh with songwriters it's it's a growing community and uh um i think the reason why people are misunderstanding it is just when they think about country music they think about pop country they don't think about the all the subgenres like like when you say like rock what kind of rock hard rock like you know heavy metal is like or you know or like blues rock southern rock there's just you know yeah because i'm a rock guy and when i think yeah. of rock i'm not thinking about um i'm not thinking about stuff that you'd hear on the radio i'm not thinking like the pop rock no sort of stuff no. i'm thinking about the stuff that's really meaningful to me exactly yeah but i think with with the genre of country it's uh that the immediate for like 90% of people or even eight, I'll say 80 is pop country. Uh, and if you just dig even just if you dig past that, you know, that part, you can find some really great songs, like really great artists t- not today. Like there's incredible country artists today that most people are just like, Oh, I, I don't know this. Cause I don't hear it on JRFM. Right. Yeah, or they're like they're just like they do get radio play, but they're not you know they're not in rotation. They're not as mm-hmm. much in rotation. I'm trying to think of ah, oh, you'll know him. Um, and uh, he's the um, uh, this is not going to narrow it down at all. <laughs> but he's uh he's kind of a bigger guy. He's known for like having like really long hair and a huge beard. That's like really popular right now. My sister loves him, and I'm this is driving me nuts. Oh, is he from Canada? No, he's American. Oh, he's American. Like uh, Kentucky Whiskey, I think, is his big song or something like that. Oh, fuck. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know his name, though. I'll include him on the playlist. Okay, yeah. good, good. But, like, good. so there's an example yeah. of, like, a guy who's, like, really popular, but he's, like, also just, like, he's a complete package. He's a really good songwriter mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. 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 But that's, like, people won't, people won't, uh, they won't go looking for it. They just have to find it because you mm-hmm. you're not going to hear it on the radio, at least over here in Vancouver, because there's only one country radio station and it's, you know, it's very top 100. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, most radio stations that are really, you know, in rotation in people's cars are very only top 100s, I find. But it's another issue. Yeah. Radio is a radio is an interesting place. I'm curious as to yeah. I don't think it'll ever go away because it's uh, uh, like a public service yeah. thing like you'll always have funding from the government because like yeah. you know in case of emergencies radio yeah it's one of the last lines of communication to go if things go really wrong but right yeah yeah music radio it's got a interesting spot i was talking to um uh one of my girlfriend's uh friends who's australian mm-hmm. and uh you know one of the things that i think really helps australia for example is they have triple j which is like their kind of like alternative left of the dial station oh cool yeah Whereas, like, I find in Canada, it's like, and Triple J, which is the Australian one, it gets, like, government funding. Whereas, like, here, it's, like, just CBC. Yeah. So, yeah. You got to do something about that. Somebody's got to 
No, it ain't gonna be me, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean that's that's part of the reason why, like, with podcasting is the platform of choice for for this show, just because. I mean, I feel like it's like that next level to like radio is that you know, and and you don't you if you miss something, you can keep, you can play it back. You know, it's got this. You know, it's a little bit more accessible. You don't have to tune in. You can just listen to it whenever you want. That uh, just more accessible. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely the uh, well, yeah, the on demand. Yeah, it's yeah. like you do. It, it's like the difference between um, cable and streaming. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna watch it today, but I heard it come out today. But I'm gonna watch it tomorrow because yeah. I can. Not that oh shit, I missed the I missed the one hour slot that your buddy was on the radio and sorry, yeah, can't hear it anymore. But people, will, you know, people will adapt. The podcast, I think, is the new the future. I think so. Thanks, Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh you know what no i'm i'm happy to say this on uh i'm totally cool with saying this on the show um is you know uh joe rogan's the reason i, I got into podcasting i just looked at what he was doing and i was just like hey that seems fun just having your own space and talking yeah. to different people so exactly yeah yeah i mean i don't necessarily like their, him. everybody's yeah, got their everybody's opinions got, got their opinions to joe so actually all i know is that he started podcast i don't I, that's all i really focused on really. yeah what yeah. like him or not he's like the podcast juggernaut so he truly is yeah yeah so if there's a, a means that i can get this show to like that level i'd be or even close to that level i'd be quite happy oh yeah yeah that'd be nice i'm i hope the best for us yeah <laughs> i'd love to have my own facility quite yeah. envious of that one day <laughs> one day well, one you day. can only hope man. i have my vision you know what you reach for the stars one day you might mm-hmm. grab one man we talked a little bit about um, you know the growing community of country country artists, and again, you know, we talked about Orville Peck, another guy that I really love, who's come out the past couple of years. He's a little bit more on the alternative end of things. Well, even just a couple of contemporary artists that I, I quite enjoy, like Sturgill Simpson, Casey Musgraves. So good. Um, it seems like maybe within a year or so, a number of local country artists have emerged in the Vancouver music scene, including yourself, yeah. Spank Williams, Daisy Garland, and others. Oh, yeah. What would you say is drawing people towards this northern country or city country sound? I don't have a name for it, but I figured it's cowpunk. I think cowpunk. That's what we've been calling it. All right, well, cowpunk. <laughs> cowpunk sounds even cooler, so it we'll is. call it that. Or we just call it a good time too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I I hang out with Spank a lot, or recently, and uh, Daisy. Uh, I think what people are gravitating towards with what we're doing is that people miss seeing people perform. Like I swear. I'm not knocking my friends, but I've got like 30 friends that are all DJs and I've been to a couple of their shows. I'm like, wait, who are you? Are you, uh, what are you doing right now? What? I can't really tell. It's just this, yeah, you know, and people are dancing and, yeah. you know, but like, I feel like people miss seeing people perform and playing an instrument mm-hmm. and, uh, being earnest and listening to lyrics that are like, Oh yeah. Like I feel that way. Not just like Doof, boots and cats and boots and cats you know it's like people want to feel something yeah and the boots and cats stuff has its place it but sure does yeah. but uh you're bringing something different to the table i think that's what uh what people gravitate towards is a performance yeah not, not uh you know just a ipod playlist or something <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um plenty of electronic artists i enjoy but i tend just as a as a live music fan mm-hmm. i'm more, in, more more inclined to see someone in a band perform yeah. or even a solo artist or like a solo I, artist exactly yeah i played the show with this very talented fella paul watkin jr i don't know i forget where he's from i think he's from uh like maple ridge or something a little bit further but he blew my mind because he was just him and his guitar 
and he had such an in- incredible voice, like whiskey smoked voice, and and it's just him, and he ca- captivated the crowd, captivated me, and you know I was like, oh shit, and then I had to go up there and play after him, and I was like, <laughs> fuck, what do I do? Uh, but yeah, it's just I and watching the crowd, seeing enjoying somebody play a guitar and just sing to them, it was it made me realize like this is what people have been wanting for a long time, but they haven't been able to get it. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, because if you think about it, they I'd say. Even then, I've I've got my own opinions on like the 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 live stream show thing that emerged out of necessity because of the pandemic. But oh yeah, that was like strange. Eh? It was yeah. strange, but I feel that the the artists that were able to, to make the most out of that were were DJs, and yeah. you know, good for them. But like, yeah, it's not I the saw, same. I, I saw Billy Strings did one, and and I think Sturgill did one, or not Sturgill, uh, another country artist did one too, and they're kind of like, um, it's just a YouTube video. Yeah, you know. Well, you know, oh, I missed, oh, no, Orville did it. Oh, and I was Orville, like, yeah, okay. he did do one. And uh, and I was like, oh, it's, so it's just a YouTube video. Yeah. And there's no one in the crowd. They, they'll they finish the song like, dead, dead silence. silence. Yeah. Like, Shit. <laughs> and then you're like, was that good? I can't, I don't know now because I don't hear anybody. Yeah, no yeah. feedback from the no crowd. No feedback. They got to do like in the NHL during the bubble where they would put the crowd noises <laughs> in. <laughs> well, partially that was because they wanted to try and cover up the swears. Oh, there's so <laughs> much swearing, so man. The bubble, the bubble uh, playoffs. My my boys, the Vancouver Canucks. Ugh. Oh, my boys too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nux fan. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 Oh, don't even. Ta- we, yeah. won't ta- we won't talk we'll, we'll about talk this talk season. We'll talk about that off. off that off. we should have said that on the pre-roll, not to talk about the Canucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll talk about it after recording. I don't okay. want to. Yeah. Don't want to d- diverge too far, and it just become a an hour-long conversation about our, our sadness about. The, the I think I should write a song team. about the Canucks. I think <laughs> I bleed green and blue. <laughs> uh, you could target the owner if you wanted to, but <laughs> I don't, don't want to talk about him. No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right. Um, your debut EP, Life, Life of Sin, features covers of songs by artists including uh, Sierra Farrell and Johnny Cash. What draws you to put your spin on a favorite tune of yours? Uh, like, how do I pick a cover? And, and yeah. Yeah, you know, at, at, it boils down to, again, like the feel. Like, if I like how the, the lyrics feel. And, and uh, in, nowadays, I've been experimenting with uh, non-country songs. And that's been funny as as fuck for the bandmates where I'm like, I've been, we've been messing around with this song by Gob, I Hear You Calling. And I, hey, I know, I want to hear that. I'll show it to you. I'll send it to you later. But it's, uh, so I kind of like countrified it and kind of bluegrass where it's like train beat, like, and it's, uh, I can, can, I'm hearing the guitar line on banjo right now. You're good, man. Yeah. Yeah, I played on the banjo. So yeah, it's, um, so I've been messing with that just because like, um, it's like the yearning. I like the yearning and I like the heartbreak and, and, and it, not just country songs have that, you know, like punk songs have it. It's, it's, it's everywhere in the music genre, but I, I kind of like gravitate towards that. I think my mom said this, but she's like, you, you had a lot of, you struggled a lot when you were younger expressing yourself. And I think this is music was my way of expressing my, how I felt. And, uh, I think that's how I, I let out my emotion is through the music, not really through myself. Cause I'm pretty, Happy-go-lucky usually nowadays. Yeah, there's a. I'm not sure why I'm reminded of this, but I know there's a fantastic folk cover of like singer-songwriter acoustic folk cover of uh, "Hey Ya" by Outkast. Who, who's that? I've oh, I've heard I that. I oh. can't remember it. I know it's on YouTube, but yeah, it's it's amazing. Dude, because, my memory is so bad. Yeah, oh, dang it. I love that song. Though. Again, That's if it. it's on Spotify, I'll try and include it on the playlist. But yeah, that one is like. 
I especially love it because hey uh, and that's kind of the 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 trick of the song is it's so happy mm-hmm. but the lyrics are about a relationship falling apart yeah so if you completely recontextualize it as yeah. a sad folk song it works perfectly exactly and i think that's like it's not like a a trick for like a that i just know that's i think that's every songwriter will know like what a yearning or like a heartbreaking lyric is and they can just even if it's not in the genre they could pull it and make it their own mm-hmm. uh, and I, I i've seen um Sturgill Simpson does it with um, what's he covers that one song? I already I'm so bad. He did uh, in Bloom by Nirvana. That one too, yeah. and then he does another one that's like an almost like a '80s like pop song, and he does so. I'll I'll we'll have to find that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, for sure. And that was like you know he just know like songwriters know what like good lyrics are, and they oh. can just they can just make it their own. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Th- those are the folks I tend to be drawn to when it comes to like folk and country and stuff like that. It's Sturgill, like, yeah, yeah, he's great. Complete package. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Childers is really good, too. Mm, okay, Willie Carlisle, like uh, Ian No, I got like endless. Uh, I bet. But it's so like niche at the same time. Like to me, they're like everything. Like the, when these guys, when so, when I'm at somebody's house and that song comes on, I'm like, how the fuck do you know this? I need to know how you found him. And it's, uh, it's something that I think everybody should explore and listen to because it's really relatable stuff. One that I uh, fell upon recently was uh, Rodriguez. Um, Sitco Rodriguez. Uh, yeah, the the, the Sugar um, Man. Sugar Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah well, the I Sugar watched, Man. Yeah. I watched the documentary. Nice. And just like that whole story where he just wound up being like, you know, he didn't have a lot of a, much of a career, but he wound up being like the most celebrated artist in South Africa of all places. Right. I'm I'm hoping I'm kind of like the Sitco of the Philippines, where everybody just loves me down there, but. <laughs> Nobody knows me over here. Well, I mean, that leads me to, uh, I wanted to ask about that. I mean, like, what's um, what's your kind of perspective of being like a Filipino-Canadian country music artist? That was kind of a broad question, but... Well, how's it feel? It feels pretty good. You're yeah. the only one in the room, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Actually, I think, I, I think there's another, I don't know, I think she's Asian. I think her name's like Nicolette, and she's out in Toronto, and I connected with her on Instagram, but I, I heard, I think she's Filipino or Asian of some sort. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we gotta stick together. Yeah, you and go, I, yeah. we're, we're like two of, of none. We're just like, it's very rare. I feel like. Yeah. Know? Cause I mean, just thinking like, I mean, the most popular Filipino music artist off the top of my head is Bruno, obviously. That's right. Yeah. yeah. But he's uh, and he's gravitated more towards like the, uh, the funk end of things, working with Anderson Pac and that so shit is cool, so fucking man. good. Oh it is God. so good. I love that record. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's uh, yeah, Bruno. He's like the he's the star in the Philippines, man. Everybody loves Bruno Mars. He's God. But uh, it's funny because like, so you hear Bruno Mars sing, and he's an incredible singer. Everybody in the Philippines can sing like that. <laughs> it's crazy. Like I I remember when I visited when I was fifteen. And like my cousins are playing guitar and they're like, do you know this song? I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I'll play it. And then you sing it and they'll be like, whoa, whoa, they do another crazy, like, I don't know how to sing like that. So, but they're, everybody's so talented down there. And I think singing's a big part of the culture. Like, like folk songs in the Philippines are, are a huge part of the culture there. And uh, I recently just started listening to like 60s and 70s Filipino folk music that my dad used to play when I was really young. And uh, I remember he played this one song by Asin called Bug Babalik, which means homecoming or coming back home. And I just started crying. And every time I listen to it, I start crying because it's just so nostalgic. And I can understand it. So it's like yearning for home. It's a, it's a great song. 
when I was watching that Rodriguez uh, documentary, I think it was they got to the point where um, it was his first concert ever in South Africa. Right. And, like the build up to it and like everything attached to that. Mm-hmm. And I, I was getting emotional because I'm like, like just imagine being a guy where like you, you put all this effort into songwriting, playing in your local area, you recorded two albums. Yeah. Nothing comes of it. You just go back to like doing Life. whatever. Yeah. Completely unaware that there's this whole market on the other end of the planet that like thinks you're God. You've changed the world. Yeah. yeah. Changed their you world. You don't even know. You don't it. even know. Yeah. Yeah. It's the butterfly effect. You don't yeah. know how people affect, you know, you don't aff- affect other people's lives. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible. That, that movie is, yeah. Definitely at the end when he gets off the plane and you're just like, oh, fuck. He's yeah. Home. <laughs> he's home. Well, because I was thinking of, you know, um, while I was watching it, one of my favorite artists ever is, is Nick Drake, who, you know, put out three incredible albums and then passed away quite young yeah and you know i was thinking like because they talk about in the documentary that people thought rodriguez had like passed away he's like no he's still still alive yeah and just like so i was happy for rodriguez to be able to enjoy that but i also felt sad for other guys where like you know they weren't around to to see the impact that they had on other people yeah yeah passed too soon you know that's it's a it's a common thing with artists Mm -hmm. that's I don't I don't know. I feel I feel like sometimes it's you know when when people pass away it's kind of like I am always like that's their time, you know. It's like it's tragic. It seems like it's too soon, but it's like I I'm always just like when you de- when you're done, you're done, you're dead. I have a tattoo on my arm that says everybody dies. Gets me through the day. But you know, it was a Latin phrase memento mori, remember you will die. That's so good. I yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that uh they live on in the music, though. Exactly. Right. And so, though they're not there to like reap the like the the social uh, benefits of like people praising them, I think you know there's somewhere out there they they you know they're seeing that they're changing people's lives like years later, which I think is is huge. Yeah, I've always I'm always of the opinion that like art is the best and most beneficial to humanity way that individuals can achieve immortality. Mm-hmm. Right, it's this thing. You have this thing, and it's there forever. And it's art. It's yeah, it's an providing expression. a net, net yeah. good to the world. Exactly. As opposed to like people get into politics or whatever. <laughs> I know. Oh my god, politics! I don't even. It's. I don't know the first thing with, about politics. Oh, don't worry. We won't. We won't go down that rabbit hole. Okay, cool. It's not that type of podcast. Sweet. <laughs> um, the two singles you've released on major streaming platforms, uh, Double D and The Rocks, are mm-hmm. new versions of tracks from Life of Sin. Yes. Um, leads me to ask, who makes up your band, and what do they help bring? Uh, what do they do to help? Bring your songs to life and on the recordings. Yeah. Uh, so double on stage and on the recordings. I yeah. So double D and the rocks we recorded at our jam space live off the floor. I got my bandmate, bandmates uh, Ian Brown and uh, Jay Sly. Ian plays the drums. Jay plays the lap steel, and then Sierra plays the bass, and then I'm just playing guitar. But I feel like what they bring is the the energy that I'm feeling. I feel like they're not like what they're not uh putting it over the top it's like actually how we play it it's not like a a false pretense of like what the song is you know it's very true to how i hear it in my head and uh ian and jay have been really huge like massive for producing and and recording uh these two these two singles and also the the album so it's uh they are they're like my two my two band dads i think because they really they give me advice and they they direct me and 
in the right place. They let me make my mistakes, though. They still like let me make my mistakes, and they make sure I learn from them. But uh, yeah, they they're pivotal. And Sierra's just like my rock. She's never she's never swaying. She's just like on locked in with Ian, and they really allow me on stage to just be a fucking animal <laughs> and have nice. fun. And and uh, the, I remember this one moment where we were doing this Willie Carlisle cover. And we were playing this, the song. The song, I have a harmonica part in the beginning. And then he goes right into the lyrics. And I fucking forgot the lyrics. <laughs> and so I'm just standing there like, oh, shit. And these guys just kept playing. They just kept playing. Like, nothing was wrong. Everyone was just dancing. And I was like, shit, what do I do? I was like trying to remember the lyrics. Trying to remember all the lyrics. And then... um and then my buddy Skyler comes up and he's like, hear the words, man. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> and then I just started playing it. And then after that, I was like, these guys, I can like, I could trust. Like, no worries. They got my back. Because sometimes I get a little too drunk and I get a little messy. And they, they, they reel it in. They really add the class to the performance. And then I'm just the... Who's this guy? Shotgunning beers on stage. Yeah, that's right. I do love that clip of you, like just like someone throws a beer at you, just. Oh yeah, yeah. That was one of the best shows. That was Green Auto, I think. Uh, Yeah, it was Green Auto, the outdoor show, and I was just smoking darts, like drinking beers, and I think the the crowd enjoyed it because it was just like it was almost like a campfire show. (laughs) Just like, hey, watch this. If there was a fire, I'd fucking throw my guitar on the fire. I think (laughs) it was. It'd be. It's like when I start drinking, I just get stupid <laughs> which people love i think people like it so i'll, I'll just keep doing it until like fun stupid <laughs> fun stupid yeah fun, I'm, stupid. I'm not mean i'm just fun yeah. yeah um but yeah it's like the i mean that's the number one rule as a live musician is don't stop playing something's yeah. fucked up like somebody fucks up just keep playing the, the way through so. yeah yeah and they really proved that to me where they just made sure they're like well we're not fucking up you're the one that fucks up so you just keep we're gonna keep going until you get it so I really, I can trust them with anything now. After that moment was really solidified the uh, the band, I feel like. Now we're just fucking nice and tight. And they're they're all on the, on the record as they're well? They're all on the record, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they're all on the record. Yeah, so uh, kind of speaking of which, since we got, uh, you got a new album, uh, or I guess a full-length full length, yeah. record coming out, uh, who did you work on uh, on the production side of things, and what was it like going through the recording process? So this is all tracked out of our out of that jam space uh, where we they put like my vocals were like in a ba- the bathroom at the jam space where we put up blankets and and I remember every take I would just flush the toilet just to like mark it. it <laughs> so like some tracks you can kind of hear a toilet running, um, <clears throat> but uh, we were all in house except we had hired a tech uh his name's stefan he works with howard redekop but we hired him to come on as a as a tech just to get the mic set up and running the uh the programs while we while the band plays because the first two singles ian was the tech and playing the drums so he was very stressed out and we were just like we'd rather just do take and take and take and pay this guy you know whatever his rate is than ian running to the thing press record running back oh this mic's fucked you know just it was so the the album was a lot more um Recording the album was a lot more smooth, but it was still in-house, which we really, I'm really proud of. You know, I think that gives us control. We don't have like a, you know, a producer, some some guy being like, you got to do this different. We just do whatever the fuck we want, which is, I think, the best part. Yeah, my band is starting to like set up some recording equipment in one of our jam spaces. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole idea is just like we want to be able to just like get recordings of yourself going through the set, recordings of new songs we're working on. Self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's huge. You know, there's there's a, you know, with uh, working with Vanessa, 
Vanessa D with her EP that came out, it was like complete opposite. It was very, we were at Little Red, you know, we were working on the songs and, and, and then Felix is a great producer. But Felix he was, Fung. Felix Fung, he was a great producer, but he was like, you know, he's orchestrating these things. And I was like, and he was telling me like, you should play this way. And inside I'm like, fuck you, man. I'm going to play the way I want. <laughs> but also I was like, oh, it's not my record. I should just play the way the producer. And, and uh, it was very strange for me because usually with the band, like they just let me do whatever I want. And then they kind of work on their own parts and we all come together. But uh, that, uh, yeah, I'm really happy that we're self-sufficient with this record. I think it'll be different the next EP or the LP, but uh, this this album will be uh, will be self-sufficient, which we're really proud of. What song are you most excited about on the new record? Oh, man. Um, what we think is going to be the single, I haven't decided yet. It's called Heartbreak Bound. And I wrote it about my buddy. I, he was like seeing this girl and I was like, yo, you're going to lock it down? He's like, no, man, we're just fooling around. And I thought that was so funny. So I made it into a song and it's about him. Heartbreak Bound. That's about Angelo, my good buddy, who also mm. filmed skateboarding. He's like my little brother. But uh, that song I'm pretty excited about because it's, uh, it's got like a almost a two-step feel to it. But then I also flat pick over it. It's got a good solo uh, lead part on it. And then when it hops into the chorus, it's almost like a punk song because the energy goes like way up. Uh, so that one I'm really excited about. And then I wrote this song about my dad and it's called leaving in the morning. And, uh, it's pretty much a story about how, when we moved, I was born in the Philippines and then we moved here when we were five, you know, we, my dad had to work like crazy hours and, you know, he, it, it's really like a story. It's not a uncommon story. It's a very common story of, uh, immigrants coming to Canada and try to make it happen for your kids. So it's kind of like a song about my dad. Those two, I think, are the most excited I'm about. Well, there you go. There's uh, something you're talking about, like Filipino-Canadian country, like an immigrant story in the lyrics as well. So Yeah. yeah, yeah It's my immigrant song. <laughs> if I was Led Zeppelin, that'd be my immigrant song. A misleading song title. Great song, but kind of like... <laughs> I know, like, what the fuck? Like, it's about Vikings. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, those guys are dumb anyway, so... <laughs> Let them play. Yeah, musicians are... You know, they could be good musicians, but they're not very smart. <laughs> no, no. We're, we're not the smartest bunch sometimes. No, I know. I mean, look at me, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just know how to make music. We're not nuclear physicists or anything no, like yeah. that. Unless you're the yeah. guy from Narfunkel, apparently. I think one of the guys from Narfunkel is like an actual like nuclear scientist. Get out. You know, he would be in a band called Narfunkel if you know, <laughs> he's a nuclear physicist or something. You know? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Can't remember all the details, but yeah, there Music's, is some crossover. Yeah. Well, and also with the with the record coming up, what do you have in mind to help promote the release? We were very focused on getting the music done first. I think now our next steps, now that it's like the mixes are rolling in, and then you know we just got to get them approved by the band. We're gonna start doing a music video. I don't. I've. I mean, when I first started playing music uh, under my pseudonym, it was JB Drinkin. Uh, ages ago, uh, I guess two years ago. Oh uh, yeah, the first EP on the first on EP was JB Drinking. That was my pseudonym. At uh, my buddy Blaine and Brandon Guy, they both made me like they were, wanted to make music videos, so they made me a bunch of music videos of just me and I'm playing a guitar. And they would do all these like country scenes, and they're very great dudes. And they re- those guys really gave me the confidence to really even just try because before it was just like I've never played in front of like people before and they were just like let's just make a music video people want to hear it let's try it um but i think now we're gonna do like a full music video i don't know with who yet but uh that is the idea music video maybe we'll do uh we'll like rent out a hall and we'll do like a album release too 
I think we really want to try and uh, get some tour dates nailed down. We got some stuff going on. Um, but that that's pretty much it. I'm still learning. Somebody, so if you got any suggestions, give it, give me. <laughs> yeah, we can we can talk offline about <laughs> yeah. some ideas because uh, my band's kind of in a similar position in terms of like what we're hoping to do this year. So, yeah, right. You yeah. know, that's it'd be good to you know share ideas. Mm-hmm. This is something I noticed just again, just kind of going th- back through your show history so far. Mm-hmm. In spring 2022, you played perhaps an unexpected show in Whistler opening for Cancer Bats, Comeback Kid, and Misery Signals. Yeah. <laughs> signals. How did that show come together, and what was that experience like? Okay, so... stood out on a he, bill like that. That was so fun and strange. Uh, my good buddies, Stu, Chase, and Lauren, they all play for uh, Comeback Kid, and... I, I grew up with Chase and I, I work with Lauren and, and Stu is a friend of mine too. And, and April 1st, he fucking texts me. He's just like, Hey, do you want to open up for comeback kid and cancer bats and misery signals? And I was like, haha, April fools. Very funny. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm serious. Like we're going to play at Garfs. And I was like, okay, don't fuck with me. Cause I'll do, we'll do it. And so he's like, yeah, man, I think it'll be really cool. It'll throw people off for, it'll throw people off. And he's like, I think that's what you want. He's like, you can win these people over, trust me. And so, you know, I said yes. And then we got, get to the show. And I remember setting up my guitar and all these like hardcore dudes are like getting ready. They're so like amped. They don't really know what they're expecting with, you know, janky bung gag. Like what the, what the fuck is that? And so they're like, you know, getting ready to mosh. And I'm like, all right, you guys ready to really go for it? They're like, yeah. It's like, okay, just got to listen to some country first. <laughs> Anybody know what a two-step and fucking crickets. No, it was like two-step. They're like, what kind of two-step? And then we started playing. And then uh, I think by the fourth song, we won them over, though. Nice. Because we were very... It was high energy. We I think, you know, people respond to energy and, and uh, fun. We were having so much fun up there. And then by the last song, you know, we, were, we had them singing along. So I was like, we won. <laughs> Love it. But... And then the guys came on, Cancer Bats came on, and I was like, oh, no, I think it was, yeah, yeah, I think it was uh, Misery Signals first, and I'm a huge Misery Signals fan, so I was like, just sitting in the back, I was like, oh, these guys are so sick, but uh, yeah, it was definitely the weirdest bill I've ever played, by far, and I don't think it'll ever happen again. Well, yeah, and I I was going to ask, like, do you prefer to play shows where your presence catches people off guard in a good way, or are you more inclined to go like, well, I, you know, want to play on a play on a bill where like people are like are like you know they step in they're you know they walk in they're like yeah i'm stoked for this kind of sound this kind of sound you know i think i think it's good to do bills like that we've done bills like that before at green auto where we at that green auto outdoor show we did last summer we uh were the only country band there but it was really it's still aligned with the other punk guys because it was like we still have like some oomph to us we're not like energy energy that's i love energy but uh i think nowadays the stuff we're taking are very we're taking um shows where they're country artists as well where we kind of align a little bit better uh but uh i would i wouldn't turn down a mix bill ever i I think it's super cool and i think a lot of artists need to do that and it's cool when uh like artists reach out to me then they're like uh we should do this show and i'm like oh hell yeah like this this band super crystal reached out to me oh those guys are great they're so cool they are dope and they reached out like we should do the show at the wise hall and so they're like i don't even know like a moroccan dance band or something how, what how is would it? i describe them it's like it's some sort of 
dance it's like, music. Yeah, it's like pan, oh God, pan world music. Yeah, it's like pan, yeah, Some of it's mariachi, music. some of it's like. It's out there. Yeah. And it's so cool. And so Andrew reached out. He used to work at Rufus, he's a friend of mine. And we did that bill and it was just like, yeah, they played middle and then we played last and just absolutely tore the roof off. People loved it. Nice. Yeah. And it was that, that was a mixed bill. And I think in the right setting works for sure. Yeah, and I think it kind of speaks to like, you know, you were using the term cowpunk, really, that that crossover mm-hmm. with the energies. Like yeah. I, I can easily see, you know, uh, well, like Spank plays with everybody. Yeah. And like I can see you playing with like most everybody as yeah. well. Well, you know, I stole that term from from Spank. So. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Max is funny, man. He's he's good. I like him. Yeah, one of these days we'll have him on the show as well. You should, man. He's a yeah. character. He's a, a he's. He's got a lot of funny been, things. Yeah, and it, and Spank Williams isn't even his first project. You know, it took me funny story about that. It took me forever to realize it's a it's a play on Hank Williams. Oh, as soon as, <laughs> as soon as I realized that, I was like, oh god damn it! Damn, take you a second. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed it right away. Yeah, like, <laughs> man, he's he. It's funny to me. I'm like, you know, he has so much talent oozing out of him that uh, he can play any genre. And what's cool that Spank does, and we were at rehearsal last night, we were working on this song, and he's like, can we do this kind of like, he's playing the drums on this one, he's like, let's do this one kind of hip-hop-y, like in this section, and it just brings a different feel to a classic country song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, you know, I think that's what allows people like Spank to play bills with anybody, because it's just good music and very high energy. It's great. Yeah, I've seen him once and i'm like i'm waiting for that next opportunity to see him oh, again man. for sure mm-hmm. kind of touched on this uh but you know spring's just around the corner which means things are starting to pick up in terms of shows and touring what do you have coming up for the year uh i got a show we actually so we took a break february and march as a band like i do a, i'll still do here like little uh like solo shows but uh, we took a break February and March, but we got a show March 31st at the Anza Club with the Root Dwellers Association. Um, I think they just showcase like local artists and I'm playing with this girl, Madeline Reed and Emmett Jerome. Emmett's just another, I don't, I don't really know Madeline, but I've seen her stuff. She seems really, really nice and very talented, but Emmett, I'm like, his chicken picking is something else. He's such a talented guitar player and a great singer. So yeah. That show, and then we got one April 28th at the Cobalt with this guy. His name's Dougie Poole, supporting him. Nice. Daisy's playing first, too. So it's, oh, cool. get to get play with my buddies and you know show this guy what Vancouver's all about, right? I'm waiting to hear Daisy put out a couple Pearl Jam or Eddie Vedder covers. I know. Holy shit. It is, it is spooky how similar he sounds to Eddie. I know, dude. Very different style of music, though. I love it. It's, it's fucking so sick, man. I think one of my friends saw him busking, and he actually like was playing Better Man or something like that. I'm like, yeah, well, right. Dude, That's yeah. sick. Nice. Um, but yeah, if the, I try and yeah. sing like that, it sounds like I'm doing a put-on. <laughs> no, but he's just so <laughs> naturally. That's just his That's voice. Just, it just, yeah. Yeah, I remember um, I saw them live for the first time, and I was just like, Fuck, these guys are cool. They're all so dope. And and then I saw we we shared a bill at the Yale. It was Daisy, Spank, and 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 me. And uh, there was a moment there. I was just like, we we just got we all have to stick together. You know, we got to take care of each other because it's like we, you know, there's a bunch of other country people that are a little bit older, like Elliot Seaway and Johnny Ninety Nine, and a couple other guys like Jay Gavin. I'm like, I, these guys are like the dads. And it's like it's I almost feel like it's our fucking turn. Give me a shot. Put me in, coach. Yeah, there you, you know? go. And we're kind of, we're kind of going in a direction where I think you know 
we could really do something fun. Yeah. yeah, it's for me. It's just nice to see something kind of that I haven't observed before kind of pop up within the mm. the local music uh, ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a rare bird or something. Yeah, just because like you know Vancouver, uh, and I, I love it for this, but Vancouver tends to be kind of dominated with like rock music. Mm-hmm. I'll admit, like we have quite a few rock musicians on the show just because that's yeah. that's who I know. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. I think it, and it's all, it, for me, everything's happened so organically and naturally. Like I haven't forced anything to happen. It just happens. And I, and I love that, you know, I'm just going to ride this train and see where it goes pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah. What local bands or artists would you recommend we check out or bring on the show for a future episode? Uh, I guess we already pretty much said that, but you should bring on Eric from Daisy Garland. Yep. And, uh, Spank. Spank Williams. Spank Emmett. You should get Emmett up here. He's he's a he's from Lethbridge. He's Does he have a project Alberta. going on right now? I think he's got a project. I've been kinda I've been digging a little bit. Okay. Uh I'll you'll have to ask him. But uh he play he's more of like a, a hire. He's a mm. guitarist for hire, but I think he's he was telling me the other night where he wants to really branch out and do his own thing. I'm like, dude, do it. You gotta like the only way to do it is to do it, right? But yeah, you can bring him on. And then, um, I guess Vanessa D would be a good Vanessa one. Vanessa D would be yeah. a good one too. And Ian Badger too. He's got some great songs too. Yeah. Uh, I think the, you bring on Elliot too. He's got, he's, he's been in it longer than me, like ages, uh, in the, in the singer songwriter, like folk scene here. So he'd have a lot of cool things to say, I bet. Oh yeah. 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 Lots, mm-hmm. A lot of stories to tell. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty good. You want to call it at that? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hey. Awesome. Thanks again, awesome. Janky. This oh, has been great. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Before we close this episode off with one more song by our featured guest, I just want to let you know that you can keep up with what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio and on our website at PacificSoundRadio.com. If you like the show, you can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on your podcast platform of choice that lets you leave reviews. This is Leaving in the Morning. Now I'm leaving in the morning When I'll be back, I just don't know Don't you be missing me